Hello there, welcome to Talent and Growth, the podcast dedicated to all things talent attraction and talent retention. I'm your host, Paul Church. I'm also the co-founder of an embedded talent business called the Anemo Group. Um, if you're enjoying this podcast series, though, if I could just take a second, please do give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a share, tell a friend, keep the movement going. Um, we're growing a community, which we're really proud of, and we'd love to invite more people to the party. Um, but today, we are joined by Margaret Bowie. Margaret is the senior talent partner for a business called Mixmax. And Margaret's going to be telling us all about how to prepare your hiring teams for interviews. Now, this is so important because the talent acquisition professional or the recruiter can do the the best job in the world, um, deliver the best experience, get the candidate excited about the potential opportunity with the business. But if that then drops in standards, that experience because hiring managers are not prepared or bought into um, the, the process and what needs to happen, then everything can fall down. So Margaret's given us lots of advice around this really important topic. Um, lots of takeaways here. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Here is Margaret. Margaret, welcome to Talent and Growth. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I was looking forward to this conversation. Absolute pleasure. And I'm glad to have you. And I think look, a great place to start as always would be if you wouldn't mind giving us a bit of background on who you are, your journey, your career and what you do now. Um, absolutely. So I um, help technology companies attract and hire um, the best talent essentially across Europe and right now also in the US and Latin America. Um, so I have been working um, in the talent space for the last uh, 17 years, uh, working for global technology and e-commerce brands such as Cisco, Microsoft, uh, VMware, Expedia, um, tech startups such as Yieldify, uh, King, Typeform, and now Mixmax, um, and also in consulting. Um, I work for a company called um, Avanade. Um, so I always, apart from that, my other passion is coaching. So I've helped thousands of job seekers worldwide um, to get like get hired and promoted. Um, I've worked uh, with private clients at all career levels, from new graduates to managing directors in, in private and public sector. Um, and these clients have landed um, roles at top Fortune 100 and 500 companies across um, different continents. So, so there are two things I do, recruitment and coaching. And I also have extensive experience um, in training managers in various organizations on interviewing skills. So I've created and rolled out interviewer training for engineering at Typeform, um, and I've done more general interview training in, um, in other organizations. And right now I'm at a SaaS company called um, Mixmax, um, doing marketing product and engineering recruitment, um, really across the globe. Well, it's mostly Latin America, Europe, and the US. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's what I do right now. And I do the interview training now as well. Perfect. Of course, don't forget Mixmax. We can't forget them. Okay, brilliant. So look, um, yeah, of course, our topic today is how to prepare your hiring teams for interviews. And this is so important, isn't it? Because you can be the best TA professional in the world uh, and you can get your candidates excited about uh, the company and the role. But if your hiring team aren't prepared in a proper way and aren't ready to be on part of that on that journey with you, then the process is going to fall down. So Tell us a bit more about why, in your experience, this topic is so important. And I suppose what the impact is of not preparing hiring teams for interview. What what you've seen in your experience? Absolutely. You know, I think especially since the pandemic, candidates want more. You know, they want more global opportunities. They want flexibility to work um, where they see fit and also, you know, good salaries. 
um, also companies that take in their like holistic needs between you know between nine, nine and five and beyond. So on one hand, because many companies, including in my current role right now, because we can hire remotely. So on one hand, access to that world class talent has never been easier. But hiring that world class talent, um, that's a completely different um, story. So. Whatever patterns work in the past just may not be longer enough to guarantee that you'll be able to hire at all, um, let alone your top top choice. So companies really have to compete on the quality of the employee experience, and they can offer as well as much as they have to compete on compensation. So you need to be able to um, differentiate your culture and build understanding of each candidate if you're going to stand out. So that's why creating efficient, rigorous, and repeatable hiring process that attracts high quality candidates is just not important. It's just absolutely essential in my opinion. So that though interviews, they really have to become your differentiator because a good interview process showcases your culture, sells your brand and just makes people want to work for you. So a good interview process helps you to understand the difference between a candidate that's great and a candidate that's great for this role um, and for your organization. Um, and the quality of your interviews depends on training. Um, however, as I'm sure you're aware, um, interviewer training is often overlooked. At fast-growing companies, it's often not a priority because of limited time and resources, and you need to hire fast. I'll certainly work for organizations like that. Um, and then in large organizations, um, it can kind of become stressed at scale and maybe just overly reliant on, on the select few interviewers that have graduated from the training program. And then just the same interviewers keep 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 interviewing, you know, just, just half of the job is actually interviewing. And I think your ability to operate as an organization really depends on hiring the best people to do, do the job. And then if you can't evaluate them, um, identify them and then entice them to come and work for you, then you're going to, to, to get left behind. So that's why creating a scalable um, interview and training program is really essential um, to your success. And better interview process um, results in quicker time to hire, um, increase candidate acceptance rates and improve the quality of hire. And also they reduce bias and organizational inefficiency. So a lot of benefits to having a structured interview program. Absolutely. Sounds like a no-brainer. So what does an effective training program look like for interviews then? I think there are a few elements of an effective training program um, for interviews. Um, firstly, it has to be intentional and proactive. It can't just be like a checkpoint, a checkbox exercise. So you want to implement interviewer training as a just essential process in your organization's hiring ecosystem so you can deliver better outcomes. Um, I think it's also important that it's ongoing. It's not a one-off because ongoing continuous learning reduces knowledge, decay over time, and means that your team are consistent, like constantly um, sharpening their skills. Um, ideally, I think it should be like peer-driven and collaborative, you know, because uh, I, I can talk to you later about what we did at Typeform, but collaborative learning formats like shadowing or reverse shadowing, that just creates maybe like more of an ownership of training goals and, and also that, that fosters effect, efficient knowledge transfer. Um, and ideally, but I know it depends on the, on the size of the organization, you want it to be personalized, not just one too many, you know, because like interviewer training needs to deliver just personalized, actionable learning opportunities that, that respond to specific um, development goals. So, I mean, you, you might need to do like a one, you know, training session for everyone, but then I think it's important that everyone gets some specific training, whether it's shadowing or, or reverse shadowing with a more experienced interviewer. Um, and also it's important that it's um, like rigorous and credible because everyone, no matter what their experience of interviewing, should follow the same training programs and the same um, training process, sorry, and quality controls. So yeah, like, you know, your, your interviewer 
training framework needs to be credible and rigorous as you would expect your interviewers to be once they're sitting in front of the candidate for real, you know, so that the, the training content must be based on best practice and structure um, that aligns with what good looks like for you. So I think it's important everyone follows the same process, they learn the same best practice, whether they've never interviewed someone before or they've been interviewing candidates for the last 20 years. Maybe you just wouldn't do the same training session for someone who's never interviewed before and, and very experienced interviewer. I actually do think it should be separated, but in general, the same process um, needs to be followed and then everyone needs to be held to the same quality bar and I think also re-evaluated re on a regular basis to make sure that these standards are um, upheld. So, um, and I think also what, what could be included in that training. So you, you would want to, every company would be different, but I think a good training program, um, they should have like different training tracks that just build specific knowledge. So firstly, like the interview basics, right? So like the, what are the basic principles or that the interviewer needs to know, no matter what the experience and department. So that just could be the training roadmap, the, the structure, it could be practical instructions on how to use your ATS, you know, it could be um, what the interview process is in that specific company, what's the general interview structure, what's the interview process in that specific company. And then you would also want to have some stuff about how do you avoid, um, maybe not so much illegal, because they're not illegal in every country, but how do you avoid um, discriminatory interview behaviors and questions? So many organizations also take this opportunity to pro provide some unconscious bias training. So that's something that I did in, in my training as well. Um, you would also want to cover some behavioral interviewing. So interviewers must learn the core skills uh, to ask behavioral questions so they can really evaluate candidate answers um, correct, co correctly. Um, and also technical. So again, um, in my previous company at Typeform, I obviously didn't run the technical training part, but the training should focus on helping interviewers um, direct conversation around how candidates approach a question or problem or evaluate coding interviews and then provide high quality feedback. So in my previous company, we've had an engineering director who would be running the training session on how to how to conduct a system design interview or you know how to how to do the live coding interview. And then we had a shadowing and reverse shadowing program in my current organization. Again, we have the shadowing as well. So once someone is ready, they start shadowing a more experienced interviewer. And then they learn, like, how do you conduct a live coding interview? How do you evaluate a specific exercise? Um, how do you write a scorecard? So I, th I think that ongoing feedback is very important. And what, what should a good interview look like? You know, I, I think a good interview should really be more like a um, conversation. Um, I mean, to me, to, when I think of the best interviews I've had in my career, um, they were very challenging, but they were not like textbook, you know, they, they were not just this like, here I've got 10 questions for you, let me ask the same questions. While on one hand, your interview should be structured. And, you know, I think you, the, there are definitely certain questions that you should be asking the same questions to every candidate because you want to evaluate them in the same way and then compare, compare answers. I think the best interviewers, like they really build rapport, you know, they can sell the business, they can really answer the candidate's questions. So it's not just about the interviewer getting the information they need from the candidate is also like, how do you sell the business? You know, how do you sell the benefits of working here? Like, can you paint the vision of why these candidates should be joining your, your organization? So I think the best interview, it, it's, yeah, it's just more of a interactive conversation and, and just to see if there's a mutual, mutual fit. So it, it's obviously not just the organization interviewing the candidate, the candidate also needs to make sure that the, this organization is the right fit for them. So I think for me, the best interview would be the one that 
you know, the candidates excited about the role, their answers get, get answered. And also the interviewer feels that, yeah, they, they, they feel that they, they, they feel like they got the most out of the candidates answers. And what, how do you get, um, buy-in from the business and, and from the stakeholders, so such as the hiring managers and as, as a, former hiring manager who you know by my admission i've you know seven or eight years ago i'd walk into an interview not knowing who i was interviewing what was happening you know who, what the people were and i just do it all on the fly no structure and i look back now and i think god that was just there's so much wrong with it but that still happens now um so many interviews happen like that so and i think a lot of it's down to for me sometimes it's just down to people not realizing that these these things are important and it's a, it's important that we understand how to assess people and it's also important that we're giving people a great experience whether we want to hire them or not so how do we get that buy-in from the business and from the stakeholders that we need this investment Absolutely. I mean, you, know, you might just want to like start with creating even a slide deck that focuses on the positive impact of investing in interviewer training at whole organization level. So you want to highlight positive impact of your quality of hires, acceleration of product development, profitability, you know, because getting your interview process right just really depends on equipping your interviewers with the right resources, training and knowledge to provide just a rigorous, consistent and fair process every single time. And then when you when you get that process right, I think you, you start seeing payoff in well, faster time to hire, you know, time is money. And from a hiring perspective, how frustrating is that when you have candidates that got away, right? And I think when you have some data as well to present to stakeholders, like, I don't know, you've lost six candidates in the last month because we were, because the process was taking too long, that I think I would include that data. So faster times to hire, um, acting fast in this market, I think it's critical because even in, I mean, in any market, I think, even if it's a recession, the, the top candidates, they, they still might be getting multiple offers. You know, I'm dealing with candidates right now who have one offer, two offers, three offers on the, on the table. So I think organizations that can move fast, they will really, they will really come out on top. Um, so that, that agility to move fast, the ability to quickly schedule an interview, reach a decision and extend an offer and then hire the number one candidate is very important. So again, that's something to emphasize when you speak to decision makers. Um, and then that faster time to interview, that also translates directly into reduced time to offer and then time to hire, you know, and also the candidates are much more likely to have a good experience and less likely to drop, drop out of the process. Whereas the organizations that are struggling with interviewer numbers will experience that slower hiring velocity because candidates um, are much more likely to self-select out of the process. And I have not mentioned which company it was, but I did work for a company a few years ago on a contract where every single candidate needed to have six interviews. Now, that makes sense for some senior level positions, absolutely. But when you're looking for a marketing associate with two years of experience, why would they really need six interviews? And the last one with the VP of performance marketing. The time was, as you can imagine, it was difficult to get availability. So that company was losing candidates. I wouldn't, yeah, the, the, you know, not, not everyone could wait that long. So, um, and also like better interviews improve candidate acceptance um, rates because that age of social media and, you know, Glassdoor reviews, candidate experience is so, so, so important. And when a candidate has had a bad experience, um, they're far more likely to tell everyone about it. And that obviously might just ruin your company's reputation. I've seen some research, I don't remember right now what the percentage was, but there was quite a significant percentage of people who, if they had a bad interview experience with your company, they were much less likely not to ever buy from you. So having some data and having some some of these benefits, um, you know, to mention, I think that would be that would be very important. 
Um, and you know, even one bad interviewer can really like damage reputation of the company. Again, one example, I'm not going to mention which company, but there was a director level hiring manager that I was working with um, in one of the tech companies. And um, I was looking for a role for him, for a contractor, I was using agencies because it was quite a niche position. And in one week, I had three agencies contact me and say, basically, the candidates complained that this person, let's call him Mark, <laughs> that, you know, Mark doesn't listen to them. He doesn't, he behaves like he, like, he basically doesn't interview them. He interrogates them. He believed, like, if he didn't believe what they were saying, he was very abrupt. He, like, just no, no interest whatsoever, just going straight into interrogation. And he got to the point when agencies contacted these really highly sought after candidates they would just say oh is it working for mark no thank you you know so think of that just one person that just one person in a company of a few hundred people but imagine when you have a company of a few thousand people and and you, and you have more interviewers like that um so i think that's why it's important that you that you do some training and it doesn't have to be expensive like typically in the companies um i've worked for i mean i did the training you know or, or, or someone else from, from the talent team so it doesn't have to be like a really really expensive program in fact Many, many years ago, um, one of the, at VMware actually, um, they they paid for an external company to do this training, which was like two days. And the training was great, don't get me wrong, but it, it was very expensive. In my opinion, not that much time was needed to actually do that. I think that could have been done in a day or potentially even two half days. So people, are, you know, I mean, spend two days in a training in a row. I think that's actually quite exhausting. So I would have done it. And I think, you know, they needed that to justify whatever they were charging, which was a lot. Um, but I probably would have done like two half days, you know, so, mm. so it doesn't have to be expensive if anyone is concerned about the cost. I generally don't think it has to, it has to be expensive. And talk us through a successful interview training case study that you've been a part of. So what, what, what a business was like first and then what you did, what happened and then what the result was. That'd be great. Yeah, so I think the best example would be um, interviewer training at Typeform. Typeform is a fantastic SaaS company I've worked for uh, 2000, 2021 and, and part of 2022. Um, and I was primarily doing engineering level recruitment. And Typeform had, I'm just trying to think, maybe 100 people in engineering in total um, at that stage or, or close to that. So not all of them involved in interviews, but there were quite a lot of people being involved in interviews and there was a, a lot of hiring going on, like really a lot. So when I joined, they already had a little bit of a, like that shadowing and reverse um, shadowing um, program. So how it worked is that there was a list of experienced interviewers and then there was a list of like new interviewers who were shadowing some of the most experienced ones. Once they felt more confident, they could move to a reverse shadowing stage, um, which meant that they they led the interview on their own, but with an experienced interviewer behind them. Um, but then, and then once they've done it at least a couple of times, although actually that was not the process before I joined. So they had this shadowing, then at some stage they would move to the reverse shadowing, and at some stage they would, they would be finalized. But they would be updating on themselves. There was actually no process in place. They would just, okay, now I feel ready. So they go to Notion. Everyone makes updates themselves on Notion, and that was just, you know, it wasn't actually necessarily um, regularly updated. Like, even people who left were still there because no one no one has changed it. So it was working to an extent, but it wasn't scalable because at that stage there was hiring going on, but it wasn't that much hiring. Plus, a lot of these people who were doing technical interviews, yeah, they might have been good at technical interviews, but they actually have never had a formal interview training session. So they were never taught how to question, you know, how to avoid bias. 
Um, and even though most of these engineers were doing technical interviews, I quite often have seen in um, scorecards, feedback forms on, on um, greenhouse later that they had to like really dig the like uh, they they had to really dig the information out of the candidate. You know, the candidate wasn't providing. So you still need the questioning skills for for that interview, even though it's it's, it's a technical interview, um, not a behavioral interview. So what I've done, I mean, firstly, I created. Um, an interview training, like a general um, interview training session. So I've done it all. I've then discussed with the VP of talent who pretty much liked it all, just added, added a few bits and pieces. So that interview training covered, that, that session covered unconscious bias, the interview, you know, basics, how to prepare, the, 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 pro, um, the interview process at type from what it looks like for different positions, what the different levels are, um, all the behavioral interviews, how to prepare for them, what questions to ask. Um, questioning and listening skills, how to sell business, how to sell the business during the interview, how to provide feedback with examples of what a good scorecard looks like or the bad scorecard um, looks like. And so I've run, the, and, and then apart from that, there was another, um, so that, that was what I was running, but then there was another training session, which was just an hour to 90 minutes, which was more of a technical um, interview training session. So that was run by an engineering director. So I have coordinated this whole, I have coordinated this whole program. So I would arrange sessions. Um, I would arrange the interview training sessions for all the interviewers within the business. We had over hundreds of them who did that in, in different sessions. I then had to book them for the technical interview training session. Um, and then I've created another document. To be honest, it was just done in like a Google, Google sheet. I'm sure it could be more, more sophisticated, but we had a Google sheet with the list of all the interviewers, what level they are at, what level they are allowed to assess. Because if you're, say, E2, which is a mid-level, you should not be assessing E3, which is senior engineer or E4. So like interviewer, you know, the contact details, their level, how long they've been with the business. Another rule we have that the person has to, they, they've had to be with the business for three months before they start interviewing. Um, so how long they've been with the business, what they can assess, what the technical skills are, when they've done the training session, how many shadow sessions they've done, how many reverse shadowing sessions they've done. And then once they've done at least two reverse shadowing sessions, I would actually need to get feedback from the final, you know, the finalized interviewer, and then I could change them to that finalized interviewer. And that's when they could start leading interviews um, on their own and, and use other people to, to shadow them. So, you know, when I, I initially, when I did this training, I think it was like a two months or of six weeks, maybe of sessions, as you can imagine, it's difficult to get hundred people to attend sessions, right? So some of these sessions were eight, eight, you know, eight to 12 people typically in a session. Then we had to book the training sessions, then start that whole process, you know, shadowing, reverse shadowing, qualifying interviewers, and there was a lot of interviews going on. So that was everything on top of the day job. But the result was great. I mean, I don't remember the number. So firstly, I think there were definitely over 100 people who had done the training. Um, but then the amount and just the speed at which um, people have qualified to conduct interviews on their own was, was really great. Um, the quality of feedback has improved so much that I was getting um, I was getting such amazing scorecards from these engineers that even the candidates I was rejecting, I can't tell you how many times they said this was the best feedback I've ever received. As in, at least they know what to improve, you know? They're like, okay, I'm sorry I didn't get hired, but I can now see what I need to improve. And, you know, Typhoon seems like such an amazing company to work for. So they could, at least they could understand and it was very rare that someone disagreed with feedback. So... So it was it was great. I mean, it just worked really well. I'm sure it would be a bit higher, a bit more difficult to like scale it if it's thousands of people, you know. But um, I think as long, you know, you don't you don't have to do it in Excel spreadsheet. Another thing we did later, as an engineer did, which works really well, they've created this 
was basically an interviewer app that was one of their hackathons that they did. So they, they've done this um, interviewer app and that was actually amazing because then how do you schedule these interviews, right? That was a lot of work, a few, a few technical recruiters. How do you make sure that you don't use the same interviewers all the time? How do you check which interview was paired with, with which one, right? Because you don't want to pair the same interviewers the whole time as well. So we had this fantastic interviewers app that a few, that a few engineers created and how it worked that you could go to the app and check, okay, you want which interview do you want? Behavioral, system design, or life coding interview? What level are you going to assess? And then you could see the name of the interviewer, how many interviews they've run recently, how busy are they right now? If they're like red, you know, you know they completely swamped. If they're like yellow, they're okay. Green, you know, you can book them. And then you could see what were the five last pairings with the interviews. And then they could also like, you could check exactly how many interviews they've done. So that was amazing, actually. That worked really well. And then you could need to just go and see, okay, who's available right now? Um, so that has, that has massively improved the process as well. That's great. I think that's a great example and a great example of the, the success it, it, uh, it reached for you guys as well. So, I suppose final question is, what is the single, this may be the most difficult question, but what is the single most important piece of advice you give to your hiring teams before they interview? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure there's just one, to be honest, because I think what's important when you prepare for the interview is that it's almost like a checklist. So can you talk about your company's strategy or your team's strategy, like, you know, structure and mission? Can you talk about your team's projects and direction and goals, you know? Have you actually read the resume? <laughs> because people sometimes don't. Have you actually read the resume and prepared your questions, you know? Like, do you actually understand what are we looking for? You know, what are the essential skills versus desirable one? If you're the hiring manager, have you actually coordinated with your team so you don't all ask the same questions? Because I'm sure you've seen that too, and I've seen it so many times. You have... Three interviews, but they all kind of say, ask the same questions. No, every interview should have a different um, should have a different focus. So, um, you know, so have you like coordinated with your team? You know, do you know the next steps in the hiring process? And can you just answer any questions about you know career progression or perks? I don't think it's just one. I think it's just overall preparation, in my opinion. Well, fantastic. Well, I think you've given us so much advice today. Uh, Margaret, I'm sure there'll be some people listening to this who may want to pick your brain or ask for some advice themselves directly. What's the best way for people to reach out to you? I think probably LinkedIn would be, would be best. Um, I am on, I think there's just one Margaret Bui, B-U-J, um, on LinkedIn. So so LinkedIn would be great. Um, my email address is margaret at mixmax.com. But again, feel free to connect with me on, on LinkedIn. I'll be more than happy to answer any questions. Fantastic. Well, Margaret, thank you so much for being a part of Talent and Growth. Thank you so much for inviting me. Hello there, me again. Just wanted to share that we are actually going to be hosting our first ever live event in London at the Warner Brothers Discovery offices on the 19th of October. Talent and growth has come full circle from a, a pipe dream to a podcast uh, to a live face-to-face -face event. Um, so we're very excited about it. Uh, we've got four incredible speakers who will be sharing with their, us their expert advice on um, how to be better at our jobs, how to hire great people into our businesses. Plus, you're going to have the opportunity to network with fellow uh, professionals in similar fields to yourself. Um, so if you're interested, uh, we've got an Eventbrite page set up um, and you should be able to find the link uh, in the description of the Talent and Growth podcast on whatever platform uh, you listen to us on. Um, so hopefully see you there. Thanks for listening.